Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely, talented wife right across from me, Miss Southern Shell. And we got Tyler over here on the side running the boards and doing the camera angles and all that. How's everybody doing today? Good. Awesome. <laughs> Mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> Had that. Getting it cranked up. Like you practiced that. I like this. Tyler, you, you've been working on this setup in here, man. You got me lit up today. I'm looking dang I'm good. Look at me. I wish I could take <laughs> all the credit. Shell, you got, shell the, painted you got a walls. ring light. I like how you're shooting this camera through a ring light. That's pretty slick. <laughs> it puts the light right on me instead of coming from above. Yeah. And you got little... another angle over here. I don't know. I feel like all kind of cameras in here today. <laughs> We're slowly improving our podcast right Trying to. Show you painted the walls behind us. The walls. We got some stickers coming, some plants to really tie the room together. Uh, All we need is a rug. We do need a rug in here, probably. You gotta have a rug to fix the sound. How do I hope it's sounding good? Sounds and like I got brand new earbuds. Uh, Last week I was in the blind. I couldn't hear anything. It is so weird for me to do a podcast without some kind of ears. Yeah, like you got to have some buds. You got to have a set of earphones. What do you call them? Is it headset or? Earphones, yeah. earphones, Earbuds. I guess. Yeah, yeah, we used to use, and that's what Tyler's got on over there. We need a camera on you. That's the next goal, Tyler. <laughs> got to clean everything sure, up yeah. first. Y'all can't see what, what's not on camera yet, though. We, we, are, we are not sound or lighting engineers by any means, but Tyler has got a crash course on it. I think he's been stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a YouTube degree now uh, yeah. in lighting yeah, and yeah. sound. So. How to run a Behringer board. <laughs> but it's working. It looks good. We're slowly getting there. We always just kind of stumble our way forward. Yeah, we you've, never got, you've even got the blue plate sign right there in frame. Yeah, I like that yeah. too. Got to, got to the Classic quality since 1927. Real quick, I wanted to talk about the Palmer Home. Oh yes, we're doing a fundraiser to feed a family for the Palmer Home. The Palmer Home is an organization that helps uh, children who are in difficult situations stay out of the foster care system. Um, they provide a home with a mom and a dad for these kids. And sometimes it's up to five to six kids in each of these homes. And oh, we, it was like eight? Well, including the parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's eight, including the yeah. parents. Okay. So um, we are working to feed, raise enough money that we can feed one family for the entire year. For a year. Yeah. Last year, we were lucky enough to feed two. So yeah. fingers crossed. This year. And we're, we're also doing something for people helping us out for this. The person that kind of helps donate the most money or raise the most money for it is going to win Brand new barbecue grill, outlaw smoker, five thousand dollars patio. Yeah, yeah, it's probably more than that now. Those things go up. Yeah, that's right. But uh, it's a patio, the patio model. You've seen me cook videos on them. It's a cooking machine. But not only are you going to get a patio smoker, you're going to get to come here and just watch it and, and learn how to cook on it, have a good time, hang out with us. Who knows what we're going to do? <laughs> Probably gonna we're going to learn how to cook. Yeah, it's not just about a. cooking barbecue on it and you're coming here. It's There's a whole experience to it. We're probably going to have to go to La Siesta. We're probably going to have to go to the smokehouse and hang out. We might go shoot some stuff. You never know. Uh, what time, what bro- time of year is that? Let me be? walk this back. Uh, it keeps, every, every, every week I keep talking about it, it keeps getting more and more. There's going to be a limo. George Strait's coming. <laughs> If you're interested in helping us raise money for the Palmer Home, go to How to Barbecue Right forward slash Palmer P A L M E R. If you need me to talk it up, I'll be the hype guy. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> somebody making noises behind me. Um, I cannot guarantee that you will win any of the stuff about <laughs> We will, but some of it. We will have a good time. Some of it. Yes, and we, we will always have a good do. Time. We always. How do. could you not? There's enough Miller Light and Fireball to have a good time. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> It's up to you if you partake, I guess. You can watch us. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's maybe that's an angle we take. Come watch us. Get smashed. <laughs> Sometimes that's more fun. It is. Yeah, I guess it can be. No. <laughs> no, it's not to you. Not to you. Not to uh, maybe to you, not to me. <laughs> that's what I tell myself, all right? <laughs> um, so what else is going on, Cheryl? We're also running a Between the Buns contest in our Facebook community. I'm a little nervous about what you're going to get on that one. You start talking, y'all, y'all are at your own risk. I didn't come up with that idea. So the whole idea is that you're, if you're in part of the Facebook community, 
you can submit a photo of the best recipe you did between the buns. Burgers, dogs, tacos, sliders. Basically, any kind of sandwich, pretty much. Does a wrap, that's not a bun, so does it have to go? I mean, we're saying that the wraps, wraps wraps, tacos, that stuff counts. You can't just throw stuff in there like that. I knew you were going to say something. Now, a torta, that's a sandwich. I knew you were going to have a problem. But how are you going to make a taco? You can't put a taco between. There's nothing about a bun and taco. That's two totally different parts. Between the bread contest. (laughs) There you go. I guess that'll work. I knew. I was like, he's going to say something about About that. If you start adding all this, you just want to include everything. (laughs) It's just a fun contest. Yeah, I got you. But I will say, so I've seen a bunch of like pretty incredible between the buns. So it's already running live in the community. Yeah. Yeah. People are already posting stuff. Yeah. I hadn't. Yeah, I've been busy. I hadn't been up oh, there. What are we giving away, Tyler? Like a pretty uh, good gift pack. Yeah. So there's like the top five places, I believe. I know first place gets a hundred fifty dollar How to Barbecue Right gift card, and then we have we threw in a fifty dollar Butcher Shop gift card that we had for Pensacola, uh, and then a Malcolm Seasoning pack. So that's like all the all the prizes. The, the one person yeah. that's like number one prize, or is that going to be spread out over? No, the that's best number three? one. That's just oh, number one. Oh. Yeah. If you get the most and then likes, it kind of goes down. From yeah. there. And all you got to do is what, Tyler. All you got to do is go to the comment section of that post that's pinned to the top of the Let's Get to Cooking community and comment down below a picture of whatever you consider your best creation between the buns. So it's it's got to be a picture that you took. Yeah. I mean, gotta I be, guess uh, you could yeah. steal it and if then, you wanted to. Uh, I made this delicious hot dog. Yeah. There were several <laughs> hot dogs. And uh, then, hot dogs are good. That straight up qualifies yeah. for between the buns. <laughs> it's immediately what I thought of. Like, a you know. I'm Chili sure dog. It <laughs> <laughs> sure it is. I didn't think of taco. Anyway, so then all you got to do after that is go down below and just vote on other people's stuff. I've seen people inviting their friends and family in the group, trying try to get to them get to come vote, vote on yeah. it and hey, stuff like cool. that. So you can vote for other people's stuff, but I guess you can vote for yours too. Yeah, yeah. anything goes. And then the person with the most likes wins, and then it fluctuates down below that. Yeah, cool. I saw one. Um, it was a tri-tip sandwich. So they'd cooked a tri-tip, kind of, you know, still rare or whatever, sliced it thin. And then they had it on a um, ciabatta bun with sautéed spinach, sautéed mushrooms and onions, a fresh chimichurri, and a garlic aioli. It looks delicious. That's pretty damn close to the recipe I just did. It is, kind of. You didn't do the chimichurri. No. And you didn't do a garlic aioli, but you did a spicy I did did. It was like a... An adobe, yeah, it's like a chili mayo, uh, chipotle mayo. Yeah, but I topped it with the beer cheese sauce. But it wasn't, it wasn't tri tip. I used, I used uh, strip steak. Yeah, that'll be. We'll be talking about that next week. That video hasn't been edited yet, has it? Mm-mm. Hopefully, it'll it. release next week, though. Yeah, is yep. it a YouTube or is it a? Yeah, it was. It, it's going to be on YouTube. Um, so th- I also saw this. Somebody did a pork butt. They did a pork, but did all Greek seasonings, like seasoned it and marinated it with Greek flavors. Yes. And then they pulled it and made like a gyro sandwich with it, with tzatziki sauce. Oh, that's so good. I know. I thought that was such a good idea. I got to try that. I know. You could do. So pulled pork for your, yeah. Did they, put it using, on, did they put it on a bun? They put it on a potato bun, but I want yeah. it on the pita. Pita. Yeah. 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 We're, we're doing that. I thought so, too. That's I've got to try idea. that. Taking a Greek style pork butt. I've never. I'm not, I don't think I've ever done that. I know, but I could see it going so yeah. well together. Instead of using what do they call the meat they use on euros? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Shawarma. It's. I thought it was like a mix of lamb and beef mostly, or you know, yeah. it's like typically cooked on the spit. When I say it, it's, it's almost looks like some kind of uh, minced meat or some kind of way ground meat that they form into like a cone mm-hmm. and it goes on one of those vertical roasters and they start and they slice it off. And it's, it's a mixture of like lamb and beef. I would yeah. imagine. I've been wanting you to do yeah. that style a version of that. Yeah. Where I've you, never, you know, I've never done that like you, that. You've got a new rotisserie on your, um, new yeah, on that ceramic, on that Primo. Yeah. That Primo girl. It's got a ceramic. I don't know how, I mean, I wouldn't want to use the ground, but I could definitely, so what I'm thinking, bear with me, boneless pork butt, mm-hmm. marinate it all up and season with the gyro hero. You slice it first? Or? No, 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 no. Okay. I was just going to put it on there on that spit and rotate. So you will have to, like, you got to cook it done, but you don't have to cook it to where it's like 
pulling apart. So what tempo are we talking? Uh, I mean, I'm going to take it up to one. No, about, you probably. 140? One, I was thinking 175, 180, 185, okay. something like that. I mean, it's, you want the fat, you want to render the fat all you can. You just don't have to. And I guess it depends on the outside. I don't know. This is just speculating. I've never tried this. Yeah. But it's like spit roasted pork, basically Greek style. And then when you slice it, you just slice it off thin, you know, just like you don't, you're not trying to chop it up or anything like that. It'll be off from the outside. So at first you're going to get layers of seasoning, but I guess you could like keep it rolling, like cut it off as you like take your pan up there and turn, stop the spit and uh, slice a little bit of it off yeah. and then let it keep reseason it and let it keep rolling. That's something to play with there. I almost feel like you would need smaller, like take a boneless pork butt and cut it into maybe four chunks. Do smaller. So I have seen people so do them. get more surface area. Like, so yeah. you've seen them do um, where they'll take like a pineapple yeah. and put some skewers in it and then take like a pork butter or something or pork loin and slice super thin and marinate it and they just stack it all up on yeah. it. And they cook it that way. I've seen that before. And they, you know, slice it off and it kind of makes like pastor style. So it's more of, more of a, that Mexican, you know, style. But you could do that with Greek. You know, you could do that with yeah. Greek flavors too. The way I've seen it is they take the meat and cut it really thin and marinate it and then stack it all together. How do you get it to stay like on the spit? Like if you're laying it sideways on a rotisserie, it's always going to be fighting against gravity. I don't know if you could get it sandwiched enough to where it stayed without it. Just yeah, that's why I'm thinking a holer roast, a whole roast would do better. I don't know how you would do it unless you just keep it upright and cook it the whole time that way. Yeah, I mean you could do it that way. Yeah. But sure. there would, it'd be hard to do rotisserie with sliced, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. I'm just thinking that rotisserie would give it good flavor because you're dripping over the coals and oh, it's constantly rotating slow, you know? I'm just thinking that crust on the outside would be. I think that's going to be the best part. <laughs> that's why yes. I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to cook it all the way to like 180 or because it's going to get so much crust on the outside, but you want to keep getting that crust going. Mm-hmm. So maybe as you cook it a few hours and you know it's like at least over. You know, 145, 150, you start cutting off that outside edge and just keep letting it rotate. <laughs> Eventually, you'd end up with just a little bit of meat on a spigot. Yeah, spig- yeah. The goal would be Which to is- eat that outside. I don't know. I might try it both ways. Like, cook one done, see how bad it is. Once you get it all shaved up, it would be – you could mix it all together, and you're going to get some crunchy, yeah. some inside, yeah. you know, lean or whatever. And I but, like the idea of undercooking it just to touch – well, for pulling, undercooking it for pulling so it yeah. has a – Slice consistency. Yeah, yeah. And it's more kinda, like so I did it. that. It was you know you those Kansas a, City restaurants do Arthur that slice. Yeah. yeah. And so I did a my version of that years and years ago. And basically it's that's what it was. It was like a boneless yellow butt. Kitchen. It was, was that the Yellow Kitchen Chronicle days. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the same oh. way. You just don't cook it all the way done and then they slice it and they serve it with just white loaf bread. And sauce. And, and yeah. sauce. And it's delicious. It's really good. We just never think to eat pork butt that way because yeah. I've all, I mean we've always taken it till it falls apart and you're pulling it and it's you know, easy peasy yeah nothing saying you couldn't just do Greek pulled pork I mean you don't have to do the old rotisserie thing so um another sandwich that I saw that it was really good they did a smoked crab roll so it looked like a lobster roll yeah. in all its glory with the butter and the you know mm-hmm. seasonings and everything but it was big chunks of crab. Not like that shredded crab you get in the tub from the grocery store. It was almost like they smoked it. Like all oh, like lump like, meat or something? Yeah. And it was chunks yeah. of crab. How good do you think that sandwich Probably was? Probably pretty good. Do you think it was artificial crab or real crab? Oh, I didn't even think about it being artificial crab. Because <laughs> you, know, you can buy that artificial lump crab and it looks like bigger flakes of it. It's got that orange dye on or whatever. That makes more sense. I was like, I mean, it's not bad. I've ate it before. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. used to eat it with cocktail sauce and lemon juice. Yeah, it goes great on a salad. Yeah. But I was just thinking they smoked legs and about oh, crab legs and pulled out <laughs> all that meat. And made that, maybe they did. No, it that makes, would be a gourmet diggum sandwich right there. Man, you said you could got me a lobster roll though. The butter, oh. it looked like was that. your so With so we had that was the first time I ever had lobster rolls. We were in St. Louis. We talked about this on a previous podcast. We found a restaurant up there that had them, and they were they're not lobster rolls are not cheap. <laughs> like, I mean, they want like thirty five bucks for a lobster roll, and it's on like a hot dog bun. But it's a really good hot dog bun. It's like a brioche split top. But they had two styles, and Tyler probably knows more about it being up from the Boston area. One of them's the mayo based style, and I guess is that the traditional 
Lobster roll, Tyler? The cold. I know that they just originate from two different areas. Like there's what they call okay. the Connecticut roll. Yes. And then there's more like a Boston roll or something. So like which that. one is the Connecticut roll is the meat and butter. Yeah. That's all it is. And that was my favorite. And it was hot, right? It's ty- Yeah, yeah. It's typically yeah. typically hot, yeah. But yours was more like lobster salad. Yeah. It's it's really, really good lobster meat, but they mix I bet you they use blue plate mayo. I don't know. <laughs> I think they do. But it always has, you know, some herbs and stuff yeah. in it and seasoned up. So it's more like a salad. And that was but it, but that one's not meant to get the melted butter, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, I put melted butter on mine and it Keep was <laughs> Can't go wrong yeah. with melted butter, period. But the one that's just like all it is is lobster meat on a brioche roll that you just douse in clarified butter. Mm-hmm. That's the ticket. I don't know which one was my favorite because we kind of split it and tried each other's. Yeah. They're both pretty pretty good. A few months back, y'all sent us like a care package that had a bunch of lobster roll stuff in it. And the tub that came with this, y'all, like I can't even like it was like the biggest chunks of lobster meat. You could see the whole claws and everything like that. Like it was like really super good. But it did come it came with the option to build it either way you wanted to. Like it came with some mayonnaise packets, uh the like, super bougie butter. I can't oh, remember. I, it was Hellman. <laughs> it was yeah. a Hellman? Uh-huh. She does she doesn't really like mayo though, so we went the butter route anyways. Yeah. It was like sea salt butter. That was like oh, God. double clarified or something. Like it's it yeah. it sounded crazy and uh it was amazing. So what did you think how many lobster rolls do you think you could make out of that? I think it was four. Like they said four it, enough for four buns. It said four, but I could have easily gotten six. Like easily. Oh, did okay. it have enough did it have enough buns to do six? No, it came with four, oh. but if we had had the, uh, the extra two buns, but yeah. they they just built theirs like huge, like piled them up on top. There's a we have a picture somewhere, but yeah, it's those were super good. I think it came from Gold Belly, Tyler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that's kind of my go to when you have a baby is Find something that somebody <laughs> likes and send it to them. Yeah, yeah. So you got to cook. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like super easy to put together and stuff like that. It was yeah. really good. Did you have to cook anything? Like just toast the bread, probably? Yeah. It was, yeah. We, well, we did it all in the uh, Blackstone. Oh, just like okay. a little tabletop griddle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just that's heated good. it up, put some butter on it. Yeah. It was so, she said it was so good. I I tried some of the lobster meat, but that was like right after I kind of had my little shrimp scare. So oh. <laughs> I didn't know oh, if I'm yeah. allergic to shellfish or not. Why are you? I didn't even take that into account. When I- <laughs> nah, it's fine. Like she loves it. She invited her sister over. And- <laughs> oh, did you not get to eat one? I just, I don't know. I think I'm allergic to shellfish. So I didn't yeah. want to risk it. That out. Don't bring shrimp in here. And put it on you. <laughs> just give me an EpiPen and That's we'll terrible. just, we'll try it. Give somebody a gift that might kill them. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. No, but it was supposed to, it came from McLoon's, McLoon's Lobster Shack, and I guess that's supposed to be a like, famous, famous one? yeah, iconic lobster spot. I don't know, but I want to take a vacation up to that part of the country Let's and just go. I am so have my way with some lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I, want the, I want the bisque, I want the rolls, I want it steamed, I want it everywhere you can get. Chowder, all the chowder. Lobster corn dog, yeah. I want all of it. <laughs> Lobster corn dog. Have I haven't seen, seen that. Yeah, deep fry them a little bit. It's almost like a funnel cake batter or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's a like an East Coast thing or not, or if somebody just took that and fair fooded it or whatever. <laughs> it can't be bad. Um, One more sandwich what? Okay. that I thought was honorable mention. Double pork belly sandwich. They had a sliced pork belly. Yeah. Pulled pork belly. Yeah. And then spicy pickles. Wow. With some sauce on a bun. I bet you that's so good. I thought it would, it looked really good. I mean, a, a pulled pork belly sandwich, you can't – it's hard to beat that. You put another slice oh, – I mean, gosh. you know, this is like heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's so rich and yes. so – I mean, just – Succulent. Just, yes, all, the, all of that stuff. So good. I know that's a good sandwich. Oh, and there was a steak and mushroom with gorgonzola. It looked like a Philly steak. Yeah. Thinly sliced uh, – Ribeye, you know, just like you buy for Philly cheesesteak, mm-hmm. but they had a ho- hor- uh, horseradish cream sauce. Oh yes, caramelized sweet onions and sautéed mushrooms um, with a gorgonzola. Gorgonzola, gorgonzola that's like sauce. a blue cheese almost, right? Like a crumbly cheese, isn't it? Is it? I think. I think it's just like a stinkier blue cheese. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like. I like it. I like blue cheese. That has to be really good. It was like a, but it was. It was it on like, like a like a French bread roll or like, like a, a Philly hoagie roll, roll? A Philly roll. Yeah. yeah. And it had the cheese. It was a cheese sauce. It wasn't just cheese. It was like you know how hard that would contest would be to judge if you had to judge it like the best sandwich you could make. Like if somebody's cook. I guess they do that at World Foods. They have a sandwich category. Yeah, they do. That has to be so hard to judge. 
What would be your ringer? I mean, I don't know because how are you going to put up lobster versus versus a pork belly versus you know ribeye steak sliced on a sandwich with cheese? I mean, it's just that would be so tough. Yeah, it would all be good. It'd probably come down to just personal preference. It have to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, There's, I mean, execution. Yeah. Yeah. If you just had all the time in the world to make the best sandwich for somebody, oh man. What would be your what would be your go to? You gotta make me the best sandwich ever. That'd be tough, man. Pork belly might have to be in there. <laughs> I mean, it'd be so rich. I mean Yeah. I never made the lobster. I just know how good it is, but I mean I don't I don't I don't know how that would stack up to me versus pork belly versus the ribeye. Because a steak sandwich would be phenomenal too. That's one of your go to's. Yeah. You love a sliced, good steak sandwich. Good Good medium rare steak sliced in a sandwich with the caramelized onions and mushrooms or the sauce. That's so hard to beat. I don't know what the best thing. But a burger. You think about it. Just put a burger in there. A, bu- was a bunch of burgers, po' yeah. boys, some tacos. Uh, catfish po' boy, <laughs> shrimp po' boy, oyster po' boy. There was a fried oyster po' boy that looked. Yeah. There was an egg salad sandwich. Somebody posted We're an egg to do this podcast sandwich. like. After I eat lunch or something, because I'm going to stand here and I'm tag out. There was a bologna with coleslaw. Now you're talking. That might be the, the old go-to. Bologna and cheese. Did it have cheese on it or just barbecue bologna? It was bologna coleslaw yeah. bun. The thick smoked kind that yeah. like, oh, you yeah. make. Yeah. That's hard to beat. So this weekend, we really didn't do that much cooking. No, we had shooting sports on Saturday. Michael had a tournament down in Como and... We cooked wings. Wings on a Sunday afternoon. That's kind of our go-to. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you, if I have to, it had been a while since we'd had any. And yeah, I, I'd it, yeah I had to cook some wings. And it is so hard to beat a pellet grill wing. Now, when I say a pellet grill wing, I'm talking about a 400-degree pellet grill wing. And the wings cook for about an hour and five minutes. And they get less for less than an hour Sunday. Is it, they, we mm-hmm. think it's because it's hot outside. Maybe. You cooked them. I just I didn't. It was didn't about fifty minutes. But they, they were cooked. crispy. I mean, I was eating the little flapper that most people throw away. I was eating the little crunchy yeah. parts of it, and I was just I just get amazed at how crispy those wings get. And you didn't put anything to you just. I dried them really well. That's what that's the ticket on those pellet grill wings is to get the moisture off the skin as well as I could. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to get completely dry, never, but if you give it some time to sit out in the air, on the counter or put them back on a rack in the refrigerator, they will dry out, and that makes that skin crispy. I didn't have that kind of time. I just got some paper towels, rubbed them down as good as I could, probably twice, did two rounds of that, yeah. sprayed them with Pam or cooking spray. Uh, AP, I'm for, I've never done this before, but I use that Frank's Buffalo seasoning. Yeah, because we had it in the can. Yeah, because we had it. And I put so I put AP Frank's Buffalo seasoning on the pellet grill, four hundred degrees for fifty minutes. I flipped them halfway through. Easiest wing you could ever cook. Yeah. Then you can toss them in whatever you want. Like we had just some bottled stuff, like the we got from Walmart Buffalo Wild Wings flavors. Yeah. And then I mean we have five bottles of Buffalo Wild Wings sauce in our fridge. <laughs> I'm a chicken wing junkie, and I like <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. What can I say? They don't give it to me. They don't pay me for it. I buy it. <laughs> So what kind's in there? We've got the mango habanero, yeah. which will light your butt up. <laughs> We've got the Asian zing, which is one of my favorites. We've got the jerk. I love it. We've got the garlic parm. Uh, We've got the... My favorite's the garlic buffalo or the buffalo bu- garlic. Yeah, or, well, the, what is it called? what they call it. Is it garlic buffalo? That's one of my favorites. Spicy too. garlic or something? Yeah, I, spicy. I think it's yeah, spicy yeah. garlic. That one, and I think we got a Korean barbecue yeah, when they had... I'm a sucker for them. If I like when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I always buy a bottle or two of the sauce from. I just they have a jam and jalapeno we, or something like that. I don't good. know. That one's amazing. I don't know if they have it sweet, all the time. Spicy. It's one of my favorites. So good. Um. Yeah, I just didn't realize we had that many wild Buffalo but pieces. Of, we have other wing sauces too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's just the Buffalo Wild Wings one we had in there. <laughs> Started looking, I was like, we gotta clean this fridge out. It's mainly condiments. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if anybody else is like that. Do you, Tyler, do you end up with a refrigerator full of condiments? Yes. And it's pickles like, and relishes. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. that's it. There's, I mean, you go in there and look, and there's probably some cheese. I don't know how old it is. And then there's all these half jars of pickles and pickled things and all condiments. I would assume not as bad as <clears> y'all, though, because we cook so many recipes. Like before we moved to the smokehouse, yeah. that you might only need like half a jar or something. That's then, right, you know, and that's what it is. Most times, so you buy, you go and cook something. You use if you making a recipe or following a recipe, you go buy this. 
Well, you may not cook that again for a while. And so you end up with a whole jar or something that you've used a little out of. And then you don't want to just throw it away because you paid five, six bucks for it or whatever yeah. it cost. It ends up in the fridge or in the pantry. Well, my problem is you make a recipe. You go buy a jar of hoisin sauce. How often are you going to use hoisin you, sauce? You use yeah. a quarter of the hoisin sauce in this recipe. Yeah. And then two months later when you would need hoisin sauce again, you go buy another uh, jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got like multiple. Pieces. Yeah. I, do, I do that. Like I'll have sriracha. I use my sriracha pretty good, but. It's just it's I know exactly yeah. like I've got fish fish sauce in there, yeah, and then clam sauce, and then all these different sauces. That you, I'll never, I don't know when I'll use them again. You know, it's not like I'm using all that all the time. It's like especially for like exotic foods and stuff. Like my wife really wants to home make ramen, but yeah. to home make ramen, you need all these things like you're saying fish sauce and stuff like that. That's like you end up spending like a hundred dollars in raw ingredients. It's like <laughs> is it this, really worth it? Yeah, oh yeah, and exactly. I think about that all the time too. What it takes to cook this recipe, I need to make it 20 times to get my money's worth yeah, out of yeah, it. Because I could have just went and bought it. You could have went out to eat it cheaper than you could have made it at home. That's one thing I like about the HelloFresh we do. We do one or two recipes a week with HelloFresh. and they it makes send, it easy. Yeah, they send you can try different things, but they send you, if you need hoisin sauce, they send you your two tablespoons of hoisin <laughs> sauce. I do, you know, I don't see how they come out doing that, too. I don't either. Because the way they, I guess it's just the volume deal with them, because they've got it precise down to what you get, and it's what you need to make that recipe. But it has to cost more or to break that stuff down or to buy it in those smaller stuff. I mean, we well, know. I, we've checked like, it out. They, they do have good stuff, and their recipes are good, too. I, you know, I like the little sauces and stuff they teach you how to make when you do those. And it gives you ideas. You always get ideas yeah. from tr- trying different things. That's right. It lets me experience food that I probably would never, on a regular weeknight, have. Yeah. So we are. And, they, and we pay for that. What did you say? <laughs> they, don't give you, they don't give it to us. <laughs> um, so we're currently planning for your football fantasy football draft party this weekend. Oh, this is, this is, this is the time of year I tell y'all I love. Football season is here. <laughs> It starts. It always starts off. Does he love all the seasons? Yeah. What are my two favorite, Tyler? If you had to say, what's my two favorite seasons? I've lost at this point. I want to say Thanksgiving and football is like what I'm going to say. No, those are holidays. (laughs) Football's a season. Hunting's a deer season. All right. So hunting season. And football season. Those are my two seasons. I was also going to say, this is the time he's excited about fantasy. When we talk about this in like six months, oh, he's, he's not going to be it. excited about it. this. The draft is the best part of fantasy football. <laughs> it really is. It all, I mean, it, this is when your hopes are up. I've done all these mock drafts. I do hate my mock drafts. It's like I get tired of looking at these same players. I want a different pick. I don't want, I don't want my pick. But anyway. Do you see a trend happening when you do these mock drafts? Like, I feel like that's. Why are you planning for something that's just not going to happen the way? I don't know. I asked myself <laughs> that after about 30 of them. I was like, I know. I can sit here and do a bazillion. And it's, not and gonna it's never going to come out that yeah. way because they. this is the way this computer is thinking these people are going to draft. When we get in out here in the conference uh, room and we've ate all this delicious food I'm going to make and we, the whiskey gets to flowing, there's no telling what's going to happen. I'm not going to get the players, so I'm just – I'm looking. So I look at that mock draft as just it, what it does for me is whenever whenever somebody makes a pick on a mock draft or something, I'm doing one that's offline. It's like a computer program that I pay for, but I guess it's offline. I don't know. They update everything. But anyway, I can go in and I can look at each player and why they selected it and what the and what these experts say about it. And there'll be like six different experts giving their take. Yeah. And so I'll read that. And so overdoing multiples of these, so you are I know a little bit about every player. Yeah. Not, I mean, you know, as, you are as picking much up as, some information. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So I'm and I'm and I'm liking try to play different scenarios. What happens if I take here and they'll rate your team that you take? Mine always sucks. <laughs> it's just a losing battle. I don't know why I waste my time and money on it. I love it. <laughs> I do love it. You're like computer. This yeah. rookie is going to do crazy things. Calm yeah. down. That's that's my hopes and dreams too, Tyler. I always pick the worst guys. Like we're in like a, and these these guys. I play in two different ones. Tyler's gonna get one of ours this year, but I play with a group of guys that they're actually some some of your buddies from Mississippi State that you knew since college. Yeah. And when we got you know started dating and getting married, I started playing fantasy football with them, and that's been years. They've been playing in that league before, like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, I've been probably playing since oh five or oh four. So it's been a long time. 
I have won the league a couple times. Once. You sure not twice? What year was that? I don't know. Did I had the won? I had the trophy for a year. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I might have. Is only once I've won it. Uh, I think I, I played in the finals games. Yeah, twice, maybe I don't know. There's some of those guys have never won it, so I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we have like this one guy in our fantasy league that we we always do a ring, so we'll put all of our money in. Pull it all together, and we always buy a fancy football ring. And he literally has five, and I've played five years. So like, oh, yeah, y'all just paying him. Huh? Yeah, we're just paying him to get. He's a ringer. <laughs> we don't have a ringer. Like, Mm-mm. there's a couple guys that you know they're always going to do good, but there's no like one ringer in ours. So, how are you feeling about your party? I'm feeling great about the party. <laughs> I'm going to do setting up the nacho machine. I'm going to cook some pulled pork. I'm going to do some pizza dip. I'm do some original little sliders, the little ham biscuit sliders. I'm going to do some kind of a cold dip. You're going to make like a caramelized onion dip. We're going to have what else are we having? Wings. Wings two ways. It's going to be oh, it's going to be good. Do you have like a? You got to hit certain points to have a good party. No, like a no. I mean, like you need a cold dip. You need oh, a hot dip. No, I just a- like choices. Oh, I, like I don't have it. You might. I don't. I do. <laughs> the number one rule for me is cold beer. Cold beer. Like I need cold beverages, and then some kind of food. Whatever. If you went to a party and they just had cold beer, you'd be like, "Where's the food?" They did a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might. I don't think that. <laughs> you could peel out some. I don't know. They had three cold crackers, dips and no good. hot dip. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going overboard with mine this year, but it's going to be good. There has been some years you did go overboard. Yeah, when I had a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> like Michael's got another tournament this weekend. I'm, hopefully somebody's going to take him to that. Coach Josh may come pick him up. Um, Do you have a salad planned? No, celery and carrots to dip in delicious <laughs> ranch and blue cheese. Technically, you're planning coleslaw, so. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have coleslaw to go. Because you got to, you know, if we're going to have a little pork, pulled pork sandwiches, you got to have a coleslaw. Um. Coleslaw's a salad, right? Yeah. I think of course. so. It's greens with a dressing. With a little blue plate dressing. No problem. So how are you going to make the slaw? Are you going to make the slaw for me or am I going to make it? I can't tell you how I'm going to make the slaw. Uh, it's just so easy. Take mayonnaise, a little vinegar, a little sugar, a little seasoning, throw a bag of slaw in the bag and mix it up and let it sit. That's not how I was going to make the slaw. Well, are you going to buy like a prepackaged slaw dressing? Yeah. That's pretty good too. <laughs> I can't name the name. Marzetti. <laughs> <laughs> blue plate doesn't have a slaw it dressing. It starts with a D and ends with a We may have to have a slaw contest. I'll make a blue plate slaw and you make a whatever slaw you want to make. If blue plate had a slaw dressing, I bet it would be the best slaw dressing ever. They, uh, yeah. they are the best mayonnaise on the planet. <laughs> if you're choosing mayonnaise this weekend, make sure you choose blue plate. Hashtag spread the love. Do you like the celery and carrots when you have wings with, with like ranch or blue cheese? Is that, is that considered a vegetable or salad to you? Definitely. When you're when we say uh, it let's do wings, I'm like, I can get some good fiber in with my <laughs> celery. <laughs> with your ranch yeah. consumption? So, I, <laughs> so my new thing is I, I'm a fan of blue cheese. So I like a blue cheese when I'm having wings. But also like the ranch too. So we kind of do the best of both worlds where you have – a blue ranch. So how are you going to make that? You make ranch with a ranch packet, which is a cup of sour cream, a cup of blue plate mayonnaise, and one ranch packet. Hidden Valley Ranch. Hidden Valley Ranch. Mix it up. And I like to, I always feel like it needs a little oomph, so I put a little bit of AP or prime beef, swine life prime beef in there. In the dip? Yeah. Prime beef? I don't know that. Yeah, just a touch. It's got that umami. It's got that. Uh, you don't know what it is when you taste it and it gives yeah. it a little heat. You just want a little pump. A little yeah. pop, a little extra punch. Um, and then you split that in half. So then you take half of that, and that is one cup of ranch. And then you take the other half, and you got another cup of ranch, and you add blue cheese crumbles to it. Let and it hang a, out in the yeah. fridge. Stir it up really good. It's got to hang out in the fridge, or else mm-hmm. it's not going to really work. It's got to yeah, hang out in the fridge, other. and you got to stir it up really good before you serve it, and then you got blue cheese ranch. So you made me one that was... I guess it was, was it, I don't know if it's low fat, but it's definitely lower calorie. Yeah. And using yogurt cottage, and cottage cheese. Yogurt and cottage, but you blended the cottage cheese till it was smooth, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I first, liked it. 
I mean, it was different. It's not like blue plate and sour cream, yeah. but it was it was good. I liked it. It and it, and it, it worked. The wing. That's what we had Sunday with our carrots and celery and wings. It worked. I gotta have the dips though. I'm a, I love the dips. Me too. What makes it for me? Yep. What the wings or the party? The, the, well, the, all of it. But like the the <laughs> dip, the dip specifically. Like I'm a dip guy. Yeah. Me too. I just love dip. Me too. We need to have a di- another dip contest around here. That, was a, that would be a good one. Pull pork dip. I got y'all. If we, you were like, come over for dinner, we're just going to have a bunch of dips. I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did that one. Was it this weekend after Michael shoots? That's what we had Saturday. It was just dips. <laughs> we we did, made like, a so, and a, Yeah. We had, it was like a salsa. We had a seven layer dip. We had salsa. We had guac. And then we had nacho cheese sauce because we made our own. It's like build your own nachos. That's what we had for dinner that night. Sounds amazing. Everybody was. It really was good. So you just make a plate of nachos and then you got all these dips to eat with it. And I'm a seven layer bean dip man too. Yeah. I can't get you on board with the seven layer dip. It's got everything. It's got the cream cheese it's, or not cream cheese. It's, it's got, got bland cream, cream cheese or bland sour cream. No, but see what I so this is what I do to make mine better. Bland refried beans. I, I jazz them up. <laughs> I do buy a can of refried beans, but I put a little enchilada sauce in there and some gringo and some cheese, and I get that good and hot, and that's a layer. And then I take the sour cream and I mix it with room temperature cream cheese, and I get that because you want it to stand up. You don't want it to just. Yeah. I don't. I hate it when the seven layer dips. Just all mush, you know, everything yeah. through it. And then you do put the guac layer, but then I do, you know, usually a layer of regular shredded cheese and then a pico layer, and it's just some black olives on top. Yours is really good. When you take the time to, like, homemade yours. But it's so good. We usually just buy. The tub. Buy the tub. Seven-layer like tub. A bland layer on top of a bland it's layer. It's like, yeah, because they're using, like, the Fritos bean dip in a can, yeah. and it's. It is watery sour cream, and it all just comes into this one color, like puke orange. <laughs> Everything turns puke orange. It, it does. It's it's I'm not making this up. This is a fact. So uh, maybe that's how your mama served it to you. I don't know. <laughs> I do love a good guac, though. So, um, there was a new study released: the best barbecue cities in America. Oh. It wasn't based on votes. It was based on data. What kind of data? Um, they took all, a bunch of data from Yelp, Google, the U.S. Census. Oh, sorry, the U.S. Census. They took into consideration um, the Google Trends for that area, like just a whole bunch of information, and even how much um, money people make in each area to see. What does that determine? If they can afford barbecue or not, or are they trying to say yeah. barbecues are poor people food? Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? Well, how much it's going to cost based on that. Oh, okay. Per capita. Yeah. I, Memphis better been on the list. Is, okay. What number were they? So Austin was number one. You can yeah. kind of see that. They have 4.68 barbecue restaurants per 100,000 people. They have a 4.22 average Yelp rating. The average cost of per pound of meats is $5.29. Things like that. They take that into consideration. Memphis was number two. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. Yeah. They have 3.37 barbecue restaurants per 100,000 people. Yeah. Average cost per pound is about the same. Is that just Memphis Metro or is that the whole Memphis little area, (laughs) tri-state area? San Antonio is number three. I disagree with that. Birmingham, Alabama is number four. I disagree with that. (laughs) They have 4.4. Barbecue restaurants per 100,000 people. And I didn't realize that. How much? 4.04. In Birmingham? That's really? what I said. That sounds a little. Huh. I didn't realize they had so many. They do have Dreamland. Either. Yeah, but it, that's not the original one, though, right? Or is it? I no, I don't think so. Uh, Five's Las Vegas. What? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Six is Nashville. Uh, I'm not buying that either. Oh, get this. So Vegas has 5.89 barbecue restaurants per 100,000 people. There's a lot of you people You don't count Guy Fieri's barbecue <laughs> restaurant. And I'm sure they do. All this stuff. So Nashville, six. Houston, seven. Now, Houston should be in there. Oklahoma's eight. I'll give Oklahoma a barbecue Oklahoma city. city. Really? 
Um, Jacksonville, Florida's nine. Nope. <laughs> Raleigh, North Carolina's. Uh, we'll go North Carolina, yeah. And just for honorable mention, St. Louis is 11 and New Orleans is 12. New Orleans is not a barbecue town. Not that there's not good barbecue in, in New Orleans or these other towns. I'm just saying from my vote. They didn't even have Kansas. I didn't hear you say Kansas City now. Come on. I know. this is If Kansas City didn't make it, it is not legit. Kansas City's 14. 14. I'm not buying it. Behind Buffalo, New York. What? <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. I'm not buying their demographics. That's rigged, and that's a bad study. The big ones that jump out to me is Richmond, Virginia's 19, Louisville, Kentucky's 21, which I consider them, you know, Barbecue towns, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore, Maryland's 23. They have their own style barbecue. And uh, Port, Portland, Oregon's 26. What? I know. Yeah, come on, man. Even beyond Come on, man. <laughs> I feel like Randy Moss on there. <laughs> the Riverside, California is the worst city for barbecue. Prices are high, and there's less than a barbecue restaurant per 100,000 people. <laughs> so there's one there. <laughs> one barbecue restaurant. Yeah. Where's Riverside? Is it close, LA proper, Tyler, or do you know? I'm honest. I think so. I'm not 100% sure yeah. on that, though. I know that I've never had good barbecue in California, with the exception of AB's restaurant that's out there. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever had good barbecue out there. Other than that, it's usually just kind of like a side option on a menu yeah. that has way too much on it, you know? I got you. There uh, wasn't enough... I mean, that's that's tough. Like Dallas didn't make it. Um, Dallas was on the Lockhart didn't like, make it, it was, just because they didn't have enough people. Um, I mean, that would be if, if that has to be probably to me in Texas. That's where I think of barbecues, Lockhart. Yeah. When I think of the town in Texas that has the you know the barbecue, the, What's the barbecue town, yeah, the yeah, iconic barbecue. Not that there's not other towns that doesn't have great barbecue. Austin's really come on in the barbecue scene. Yeah. It, it is a pretty big bar- barbecue scene there. So Texas is the best state for barbecue. California is the worst state with Riverside, San There's San no San way California is the worst, though. I don't believe that at all. By this data. Just tri-tips alone. You consider that barbecue? I consider that barbecue. Yeah, definitely. You're right. I didn't think about that. But Worst state for barbecue. I don't know. I'd probably guess like Maine or somewhere. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be my guess. I don't yeah. know what goes on there, but all of my yeah. uncles like Rhode talk- Island probably does not have good barbecue. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that there's not some. It's just typically that's not where you expect to get your good barbecue. They're just like super behind. Like everybody up there has gas grill. I'm not saying now if you're listening, I am a fellow Yankee. Okay, but <laughs> I'm just you're saying from, from Boston. From my own experience, talking to my uncles, aunts, and all that about owning different kinds of smokers and stuff like that, they had never even heard of a pellet grill. Really? Which is crazy because I feel like they've taken over the market in such a crazy way Mm -hmm. that I don't know how they couldn't have heard of it. And they're just now starting to kind of catch on to that and stuff. So I don't know. I didn't really grow up. And when when we barbecued, it was hamburgers and hot dogs growing up. That was was barbecuing? Yeah. Or like we would do lobster or something like that. And everybody was just kind of, you know, it wasn't really grilling. You weren't really barbecuing. Yeah. Uh, Cookie crumbled a little different for me. A little different. (laughs) No lobster at miles. No. We did occasional crawfish. (laughs) We did have smoked oysters in a can though. (laughs) (laughs) With the casinos came, we got crab leg buffet. Yeah, we were uptown then. That was like early nineties. Casinos came. That's when. That's when. That's when the people. In North Mississippi or Memphis area, really got introduced to crab legs. I was going to say, did you eat crab legs before then? No, I don't know <laughs> what crab legs were. <laughs> I'm sure I did, but I never got them. You know, there was, we had like a red lobster. Yeah. So you could see the lobster tanks. You know, our grocery stores used to have lobster tanks and stuff in them, but yeah. you, we didn't buy any of that growing up. I don't know who they sold them to, really, honestly. You don't see them anymore. They don't have them. Like, you don't go to Kroger now or Walmart and they have a lobster tank anymore. I wonder, like, how they kept those lobsters alive in that tank. I don't know. Or did they have that? We bought them before. Like we bought some and tried to smoke them before. Oh, it was a disaster. (laughs) I don't know. We've been, you know, early days of killer hogs. We're gonna cook steak and lobster. So we went to like Kroger and they give you these like Happy Meal boxes. There's like, you know And you were like, give me that one on the left. Yeah, you pick out these lobsters out of this tank. So we're, you know, sticking our arms down in there. We'll get them out. No, 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 you can't put your arm in there. We, we got five or six of these lobsters, take them back home, let them go in the kitchen. They're crawling. We're trying to fight them. We'd cut the bands off of them so they could rear up like giant crawfish. And we, I mean, you cannot just put lobsters. I mean, I tried to dispatch them, you know, with the knife. Yeah, yeah. Put them on the smoker, and they were not. We just had the old side, you know, this was early days. I didn't even have a good smoker. 
It was like one of the barrels with the little side turned sideways, a little side firebox that they sell outside of grocery stores. Yeah, that's what we had. I don't even remember what brand. I don't even know it had a brand on it. But we were gonna smoke some lobsters and eat these whole lobsters, and it was a disaster. They didn't get cooked, and it was just we wasted. I don't know how much money on probably back then they were probably twenty something dollars a piece. That's which was expensive to us. Yeah, you know? it's a night. Now, out the ribeye about- steaks were good, but lobsters weren't worth a darn. So I've somehow saw something about uh, defroster plates. Have you ever heard of these? That was a whole infomercial thing yes. years and years ago. What do they call it? It came with some knife they were peddling, like the ninja knife or something, or and it came with a defroster to defrost steaks. Yeah. So Grill Grate has one, actually. It's a Grill Grate defroster really? plate, yeah. yeah. And I saw someone else uh, advertising them or talking about using them. So I was like, what the heck's a defroster plate? Oh, you don't remember it as a kid? Or is it before your time? I mean, kind of, but I thought it was a gimmick. Yeah. Oh, they were. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying they don't work. But it's like, so. What does it look like? It's a flat piece of some kind of metal. I don't know what it is that they use. And that's basically it. And when you lay something fro- like frozen meat on it. I guess the energy or whatever pulls it's some kind of thermodynamic relationship. I don't know the science behind it, but it transfers the cold from whatever's sitting on it into that plate and then into whatever that plate's sitting on. So that does speed up the thawing somewhat. That, I mean, my mom got one. I tested it. Did it work? Somewhat, yeah. yeah. I mean, we never put like a steak beside on the counter and then on that. Yeah, let's see if it would. It starts pulling the, I mean, it starts pulling out the moisture out of it and thawing it out on the outside surface pretty quick. Well, you know, I researched it. Okay, so let's hear what the findings are. So the total sham or not? Well, the claim the claim is that it allows you to thaw food faster. Mm-hmm. So it's a like you said, it's a flat thin piece of metal, um, but it has to be something that's an excellent heat heat conductor, like aluminum or copper. Typically, okay. it's aluminum. Yeah, which is probably why grill grates. Yeah, yeah, grill grates made yeah. out of it. And even the USDA has it marked as a safe method for thawing food. Really? Yeah, but that doesn't – they approve all kinds we of We might need to do that in a podcast next week. Bring in one of those. Ooh, frozen cool. steak on yeah. it sit here and do the podcast. See what happens first. See which one's more thawed. Okay. So the, through the walls of thermodynamics, if you put two objects that are different temperatures up next to each other, mm-hmm. just the way that physics works, they're going to try to equal each other out. You know, the hot mm-hmm. one's going to get colder, the colder one's going to get hotter. Well, that reaches a equilibrium or whatever. Yeah, so they're trying to heat that, reach that equilibrium. So if you place a cold steak on a hot pan, the steak will heat up and the pan will get cool down. But when you have that defroster plate that's made of that highly conductive metal, it can basically pull in the room temperature air and, and stabilize itself better so it's constantly just thawing. Oh, I gotcha. So it's working better. because it's heating itself up, not just trying to stable out. Yes. And, and, the, and the meat, whatever's froze, kids can use to thaw out because thaw. it's dissipating the yeah. coldness off of it and staying warm. So if you put a piece of ice on there, it's going to melt that ice cube really well. That was what they did in infomercial. Well, the, They'd lay a piece of ice on there and you'd watch it the just water, go to melt. And, yeah, because the water. I just figured they heated it up. <laughs> had a little iron under it or something. You know, Got that thing it, real melt. hot. Yeah. And then, but, the, on there. but the deal is the ice is constantly melting, so you're constantly touching a fresh piece of the ice to melt. Yeah. And meat is not a good conductor of, of uh, it's just not a good conductor of hot or cold. Mm-hmm. So you can easily thaw the outside of a steak. But the inside of the steak, it's going to take longer. Okay. It's not getting that That's what contact. I figured, that whatever was touching it would yes. thaw out pretty quick, but it's still going to be solid. So if you got thin steaks, it probably worked really good. Yeah, exactly. But a big, thick tomahawk Chicken. or something, it's not going to – I mean, the outside will get thawed. The outside will get thawed. Meat's a bad conductor of heat, so – Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you're not melting it it's off like you do. very interesting, I guess. I mean, do you, so, so is this a must-have gadget? Or do you just... I guess that's up to you. It's up to the size of the steaks you're cooking. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to speed thaw, I don't like to... I mean, I just like let them set in the refrigerator and... I don't know, man. I just needed something for shelf learning. You taught me some science. I I was on the right track with the thermodynamics. You are. You you usually are. Yeah. (laughs) I, I remember a little bit of science class. Not much. 
So um, I got a bunch of questions from the community. We got 10 minutes. All right. Then how about this one? I thought this one was really good. They said that this is, they wanted to bring this up to like, it might be a hot take. So what's your hot take? What's an extra step that a lot of people do when cooking barbecue that doesn't make a difference in the final product? An example, they think that binders. That's the first one that came to my mind. (laughs) Yellow mustard on something. It doesn't make a lick of difference. You could, it's non negligible. You couldn't really notice it. Yeah. Now, does it let me see? I, I will argue that when I put a little mustard on something, I can tell where the mustard is and tell if I didn't get a good coating of seasoning. Yeah. So I know to come back and put some more seasoning. But is it doing, is it really gluing the seasoning to something or changing the flavor of it? No. Not Especially if you let the meat yeah. marinate with the, yeah. not marinate, but. That's right. Sit out with the rub on top and let it macerate in its own yeah, juices. Yeah, in its own yeah. juices. Um, another one, coming up to room temperature. Oh, really? You don't think that matters? Not a whole lot. Even in steaks? Not not a whole lot at all. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. So everybody says you see it. I mean, it's been tested. It's. I think you're just as good. Even with a big cut like a brisket? Let's say you got a 20-pound yep. brisket? Nope. I, I go straight out of the cooler and straight on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we say, you know, sit up there and come to room temperature. Yeah, yeah. How much so, like... When you say something's coming to room temperature, it would take it hours to get up to room temperature. It would. would so you're never you're never putting on. So how often are you putting on a steak that's already say? Well, if it's out here, it's 100 degrees a day. Yeah. But if it's room temperature, 70 degrees, which is just say most people's houses are probably, you know, 72 or whatever. To come up to that from a refrigerated temperature, that's a big swing, and you're going to put the whatever meat it is. Once it gets over 40, it's staying in the danger zone. And I know you're going to cook it, but you're still leaving a place for bacteria to grow, maybe getting somebody sick. I don't want to taste that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not letting something come up that much. I think that's something that's overrated. Anything else? Resting, not overrated. And some people say it is, oh, you don't have to rest your meat. It's not doing anything to make it juicier. I, I beg the differ. I, I I let I let the big, especially big meats. It makes all the difference in the world. We've been doing chickens lately, like let a whole, whole chicken, chickens. let a whole chicken rest I for twenty thirty minutes before you pull it. Yeah, it so makes, much juicier. It makes the biggest difference. Huge difference. Doing your turkeys like that at Thanksgiving, letting them rest, makes them so much juicier. Well, I mean, if you think about that, it makes sense because as any kind of meat you're cooking is is, is getting close to done. What it's doing is pu- pushing whatever internal moisture is in that meat, in those muscle fibers, to the outside. That's how it gets out. And so you're, it's drying it out basically from the inside out because you're pushing the moisture out depending on how done you're getting something. Mm-hmm. All the moisture is going out towards the surface to actually get away from it to, to get it done. Well, when you stop and you cut it immediately, it's gonna be it's not going to be as juicy. You're going to lose a lot of that. But if you stop and let it calm down and let that moisture – slowly go back into the meat and get to a, like a relaxed state. It's trying to do the same thing. It's going from areas of hot and cold. Same way it's talking about thawing out. Yeah. It's doing There's trying to establish, you know, it's trying to equalize itself. That's what makes it juicier. And that's why the rest works. That's oh, my yeah. take on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree. I've seen it firsthand. I can tell a huge difference something when we rest, let something done. rest yeah. when we don't. Thinner cuts of meat, I don't know if you see it as much. Like, you know, I'm grilling a skirt steak or something that I'm going to slice up real thin. All that juice gets on the board anyway, and I move those slices around in, and it stays juicy anyway. But like a big, nice, thick ribeye, you cut into that dude, and you, I mean, it does get drier if you don't let it rest a few minutes. Uh, when we cook pork butts for an event, and we pull, pull them, them off, immediately. Well, when we pull them off and wrap them up and put them in a cooler, yeah. like, you know, take them to a lunch that we're catering or something and pull them on site. They've been sitting in that cooler for an hour, two hours, just getting happy, resting. They are the best pork butts. Yeah. You, You'll think you, you did something special to it. Like, no, yeah. really, I didn't. Seized them, <laughs> let them on, forgot about them, put them in a the cooler, let them sit, and then pulled them later. But if you'd have pulled it when it got right off that grill and brought it back, you'd be like, it's kind of dry. I need to add something to it. Maybe we need some more sauce, or we should have kept some of those juices in that pan. Or I mean, I mean I've said that before. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of using the pork juice in the pan. Beef juice. Heck yeah. Delicious. Sometimes. You got to get the fat off of it. Yeah, it's the fat. I mean, it's like putting that tallow all over something. It's just going to give it, when it cools down, 
that's going to give you a waxy mouthfeel. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a wangy when it's flavor. hot, it's juicy and delicious and has some flavor. But when it's cool, it's too different. Yeah. I'm just not going to get a spoon of beef tallow room temp, you know? <laughs> be nasty. Yeah. <laughs> bad, bad visual. It's kind of, yeah. It's got a bad Full look. Full load of beef tallow. <laughs> it's got a bad look. It's got a bad. Mayonnaise, heck yeah. <laughs> no, I ain't doing that either. Beef tallow, no, no, no. Um, real quick, one one more thing. Somebody said, not trying to call anyone out, but they were a little surprised that on the podcast last week, you and Mark wouldn't talk about the full boat method for a brisket. What is the full boat method for a brisket? Full. Like you make a boat. Yeah. Like you do for ribs. What is it? I guess they're making boats for brisket. I hadn't seen it. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I ain't got a problem with it. I don't know anything about that method, honestly. I know about wrapping them up or putting them in a pan or wrapping them in butcher paper. Yeah. But I've never boated a brisket. They make shallow pans. Yeah. And you'll use those a lot. Do you cook you, it in it? Do you know? Did you look that up to see what the full boat? You got a second? Or you want no. To? There's some other YouTubers that do it. Oh. I imagine it's for a bark thing or something. Yeah. And it kind of helps as a shield. You capture yeah. some juices. Yeah. Okay. You know. Best of both worlds. You got a little bit of, you got a vessel to capture some of that azure or whatever, the renderings, and then, then you let the air flow over the top of it so you get your bark on top. I can see it. And you're shielding it from the bottom yeah. just in case, you know. My experience with that is it'll build up way more, you know, drippings and stuff and then it's harder to deal with if you got it in something where you're gonna, it's gonna be, losing it anyway it's gonna be flimsy yeah, that's what flimsy. i'm thinking i think a shallow pan would probably work better yeah i need to look at that i don't know i really honestly don't know anything about a full boat, boat method for brisket there's your homework the only full boats i use is for like for ribs i'll put them i'll make a little boat out of the, the rib wrap and then use it to move them around to glaze it oh you've been doing that for ever that's how we learned Really, that's how you learn. That's how you've always done it. Yeah, I mean that's how that's kind of when we were doing competition from competition barbecue. That's how yeah. you did it. We didn't so, have a, and then we bought a big pizza peel like to move them around, but it was still easier with the boats, and it was cleaner. Like, it was easier to clean your table up. It was easier to keep your grill clean instead of getting all that sauce down in the bottom of your grill, having it on that boat. So now you have some research. Yeah, I'm gonna go check out what full the. And then I'm we sure there's YouTube videos on it. I'll look. I'll go look after I get through doing about 21 mock drafts. <laughs> <laughs> My evening's kind of booked. <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of football on. A lot of football oh, on oh. at the house. Yeah, and the bad thing, the fantasy football show I watch doesn't start doing the hour broadcast every day till next Monday after my draft. <laughs> so eh, I think you're getting enough. I'm getting enough, <laughs> enough research. It all starts sounding the same when you listen to these one people and they'll talk about this guy. And these people talk about, don't take that guy, take this guy. Who knows? Make Michael show you the characters like in Madden. <laughs> like, so you can see it. Like hey, we, did, we, did, we did that we, one. I, I, played, I played the new Madden last week, last Friday. Michael like, beat me in overtime my first game. But How much has it changed since the last time you played it? A lot. <laughs> like I had to put my controls on classic. Like because he didn't let he went through and like did all the new touch pass and directional stuff. Have you have you played it yet, Tyler? No, I haven't played the new one. So he's it's got a whole different passing system. And I was I was kind of loosely watching what he was doing. I said, "Come on, I'll play you. I know I can beat you. You're not that good." <laughs> so he's not. Like he might. I don't know how much time he spent. I mean, he play, spends a lot of time playing way more than he should play video games. So he's I still got it. <laughs> you used to spend way more time than you should play video games too. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm ready to get it downloaded again at the house. <laughs> so I got it because I got it at the at camp. That's the TV we put it on, so I don't awesome. move my playstations around. They have a Madden tournament up here sometime. <laughs> yes, no, it's fun. It really is fun. I played. Did you play? Did you play? Yeah, How I did lost. you do? I lost. Yeah, I figured it had more than two buttons. Kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> You do out of it just had the A and B and Heck up, yeah. down, left, right. That's the way it should be. Yeah, no. <laughs> My problem was, okay, so, you know, I'm the quarterback. I get the ball, and I want to pass it to triangle. I have to look down in my <laughs> – See where see triangle, triangle is, is. Where he is. He By the time that happens. Yeah. Oh, Sacked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's fun. It's really fun. Well, Mike, that's all I have for you. We got a big fantasy football draft party to plan for. That's right. 
We got some filming. It's the fantasy to do. football weekend. A lot of a lot of leagues are drafting this weekend. So good luck to everybody out there. Let us know who you took. Who's going to be your ringers? You're cooking a bunch of football recipes tomorrow. Yep, we'll be releasing some more of that stuff coming out shorts. We got a video, a YouTube video coming out next week. Um, with uh, it's it's actually that steak sandwich we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really good. It was really good. But. Uh, Tyler, tell them everything they need to know about us. Hey guys, so just from the very beginning, make sure you guys head on over to the Let's Get to Cooking community over on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash H2Q community. And you, first of all, you might have your question featured on the show, like Shell always asks at the end of every episode. And then also you can just share recipes, take part in that giveaway and share lots of awesome ideas with like-minded people. And if you want to check out Malcolm's favorite recipes, head on over to how to bbqwrite.com. And that's all. That's it. All right. Well, y'all know y'all can subscribe to the channel here to listen to the podcast. You can also find us on all the podcast anywhere you get a podcast. We're there. We're there. Uh, look for us at H2, uh, what is it? How to BBQ Ride on all social channels. Y'all know the drill. Shell, you got anything to add? We gone. We gone. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Y'all have a good weekend.